Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, Thursday afternoon goof edition. This is a place to talk all things software and technology. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content here, joined by my teammates on the content team, our very talented writer, Ira May, and our blog editor, Ryan Donovan. Hey, y'all. Hey. Hello. So people may not know this, but one of the things we do with new software engineers that we hire is we haze them. We bring them on the podcast and just ruthlessly haze them. I'm just joking. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by Connell, who recently joined Stack Overflow on the software engineering side, and is also himself a creator, making some very cool YouTube videos, writing pieces, generally trying to get his thoughts out there. We thought we'd have him on, discuss a little bit of how he's participated with the site, how he ended up in this position, and yeah, what he thinks about the current state of software development. So Connell, welcome to the program. Hey, hey, thank you very much for having me. Give people the quick flyover. How'd you get into the world of coding? What kind of education or sort of career has brought you to where you are today? Oh, it's, it's not a very quick story. Uh, it doesn't involve any education really either. I got into it playing games when I was a kid. Yeah, sort of fell into it. And, um, what were your favorite games? They were, they were text-based RPGs online. Uh, that, that's what right. actually got oh, me yeah. into it. So, and then I started making little browser extensions for them as a teenager. Um, and yeah, I got, I got into it all that way. Ended up learning JavaScript and PHP. In the UK, we have like work experience, like a placement. Uh, when we were about 14, they offered me a role, and I've been programming ever since. Right into working at 14. That's very cool. Yeah, well, it was after school, so I was still in a, in school doing <laughs> you know normal subjects. But Oh, I thought maybe the labor laws over there were a little laxer. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we uh, you know saw a lot of your uh, online work, as Ben had mentioned, can you talk about how you started doing the the little YouTube videos? A lot of them are sort of architecture-based. Yeah, they came from uh, a couple of years ago. I did a talk at a conference, a, lo- a local conference, and which was well-received. And there was a couple of bits that I thought could have been you know, better refined. So I made a little animation, little part of the presentation, really, into a... I'm sort of into watching that educational content where it's an- like somebody talking over it and animations going around. So thought I'd try my hand and did that and then left that for about nine months, I think, and started doing, now I do about one a month. Did you have to teach yourself animation or what are you using for that? Uh, it's a it's a total cheat. Um, I'm using Keynote. <laughs> 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 I, I make the presentation, like export it and then use iMovie to stretch and crop or stretch and skew. If you call it a presentation, <laughs> that's all within licensing, right? That's right. This is for educational purposes only. <laughs> Yeah, you also wrote something about uh, giving conference talks, and you know I've I've tried to help people with conference talks at, at previous roles, and uh, was recently internally asked to maybe do something. Like, tell me about the the whole conference talk deal. Like, how do you prepare for that? Is it terrifying? Yeah, it's very terrifying, especially the very one that I was writing about there that you're referencing, which is DDD East Midlands. That was my first conference talk, other than like little internal talks, but first, you know, out in the wider world. And I was sort of pushed into it by a colleague who said, yeah, you just, it's all anonymous submissions and people vote without knowing who you are. So it's just, yeah, just put your idea out there, see if people vote for it. And they did. I then had to do that. <laughs> I couldn't back away from it at that point. <laughs> they did offer a lot of prep for us, which was pretty good. So they had a little workshop where they would give you little pointers, but I just went over it a lot, practiced in front of well, I want to say the mirror, but it wasn't. It was a screen. We, we'd often uh, run through it with, with somebody and just 
go over it, make sure they're comfortable with it. We did. Uh, there were three three colleagues that were doing talks at that same conference. We did the sort of not the full hour to each other. Went through the slides like this is what we're going to talk about. That yeah, that gave a bit of confidence that at least the slides made sense. Yeah, I mean, someday when you start your own, you know, company and you end up having to be on stage in front of a lot of reporters at a developer conference, you know, this these skills are going to come in handy. That kind of showmanship. You're speaking from experience there. Uh, I haven't, I haven't invented any any uh, best selling devices. The key. They never didn't ask me to speak about the key, but it, we did sell out. <laughs> so I know you mentioned that you're a fan of agile and you know talking about iterating and learning. Tell us a little bit about what you're working on here at Stack Overflow and how you try to, you know, maybe apply some of those principles within the team. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm on the, our team's called Community Enablement. So we're mainly dealing with uh, moderator tooling, looking through the, yeah, the the sort of audience on the public platform that uh, not a lot of people see. I've used Stack Overflow for pretty much since it existed, I think. And there's a lot of stuff there that I had no idea existed because I've never been a moderator and it's very, yeah, underlooked. I've only been here for a few months, but I understand there's been a sort of agile transformation. The company's been around for a very long time, and we're trying to move towards this more iterative style of work, which I've grown to love over the last few years. We had um, one of the original agile signatories on a few weeks back, Jim Highsmith. And anytime we talk about agile here, somebody's like, agile. And then other people were like, you're actually doing it wrong. Mm. Like, what do you what do you like about Agile? And why do you think people are, there's such hate about it? Maybe talking about Scrum or, or, or a specific kind mm. of Agile. I, I don't know. You get a lot of people that say, oh, I, don't, I don't like Agile because we're forced to do sprints or whatever, which isn't what you have to do. Manifesto never said anything about doing two-week iterations or anything like that. There's a lot of that, I think. Or you get it from like maybe people on the product side that think an iteration means I can't get change done in. So it's not agile, like two weeks. Wow. That's not agile. We have to wait two weeks before we can make get any change through. It doesn't have to be like that at all. I don't think. Uh, what other sort of um, examples, like the feedback that people are saying there? It always feels like people are like, you know, this is just uh, a project manager getting out of control and controlling people. And it almost feels like, you know, they're mad at the the management of it and not the the sort of work distribution or that, People are just picking off issues with low story points just to kind of make sprint numbers. Yeah, making your velocity or artificially gaming your velocity. Yeah. I guess yeah. there's a little bit of gamification there. You don't even have to use story points. I don't. That doesn't have to be agile either. I mean, you know, whatever you start to measure can become a perverse incentive pretty quickly. That's just how things go. And it's hard to get around that. You linked us to your original SO profile. There's some really good stuff in here. Somebody had an issue with Signal R. The Signal R request throwing off Hub could not be resolved. And you said, I had the same error because the class was internal and I made it public. Then it was fixed. And the person said, that was it. Thank you. <laughs> Double <laughs> exclamation point. <laughs> that was a very old, like I'd answered that a year after it was asked or something. Was that right? Yeah. Or, yeah, I do remember that. A couple of jobs ago, we were working with Signal R. Quite heavily. I was just going to jump in and ask, I know you've been a contributor for a long time. You said since basically as long as Stack Overflow has been a thing. I wanted to ask about kind of the the path from doing that to now working here. Yeah, well, that's one of the main reasons I wanted to work here, wasn't it? So I know I spoke very briefly about education, falling into a job, but because of that self-taught nature, like Stack Overflow was where I learned most of my stuff. It's like usually through finding somebody else's question, but yeah, asking even answering, I went through 
a year or two, you probably be able to see it, like, probably about 10 years ago now, where I would just answer questions to grow my own knowledge. I would just go and seek out what do other people want to know. And then I'd go and like Google it or, or play with the tooling myself and try and find out an answer. And that helped me get better. So yeah, it's great to 10 years after that, be able to give back on, on the other side, so to speak. Yeah, I see you also did uh, the classic trick of asking a question and answering it yourself. That is the best way to get reputation on Stack. Oh, yeah. Prove your own answer. Yeah. You didn't use a sock puppet to answer it wrong and then fish out a, a better answer? <laughs> no, I just get ChatGPT to answer it wrong and then get somebody else to answer it right. <laughs> this is classic. Someone says, uh, why can't you just do this instead? And then someone comes to your defense. Well, he's exploring C language concepts. I'm just interested in why, you say. Well... This looks like a simplification for beginner programmers only. <laughs> Any seasoned programmer really shouldn't be using this for real projects. But hey, you got some upvotes. You know, commenters can comment. Which what, what question was that? And how long ago was it? Why can't I define top level extension methods in C9? This one's from two years ago. Oh wow. You went through the whole the whole life cycle, you know, denial, yeah. grief, acceptance, it's all in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So somebody raised a GitHub issue about that one, I think, and went to the language design team to try and find out. I think that's right. Oh, somebody actually went to change the language? I think somebody else, at least one other person, thought it wasn't a stupid question. No, not to change the language. <laughs> they uh, were basically asking the same question, but on as a GitHub issue. So yeah, I guess you, you were mentioning that you, know, you ask and answer questions to learn and that you like building educational content. These days, you know, people have access to so many different varieties to onboard themselves into the tech industry. Do you like, you know, peruse TikTok for coding tips? Do you, you know, go on Twitch and watch people live stream their code? Like, what are some of the other ways you're interested in how people can learn this stuff? Neither of those two examples there. Twitch is great, but I've never used it for coding. YouTube videos. I like watching usually later at night as I'm half falling asleep, putting YouTube on my TV and watching something, usually some kind of uh, educational video. So that could be coding or just physics or whatever and then as you're dreaming your mind is sort of processing that when you wake up in the morning you've learned a new language oh yeah i fall asleep exactly. too it's like subliminal godzilla's teaching you about physics <laughs> it's when it goes on to the next video and goes something <laughs> random and you wake up to it what yeah. so one of the things that everybody's talking about in the world of software development obviously is the impact of ai ml you know, assistants that are right in the ide uh, are fairly common now what's been your experience with this stuff do you use any of it professionally or play around with it and have thoughts on it? I, I use Copilot, GitHub Copilot. Um, and yeah, I, I've asked um, yeah, ChatGPT a couple of questions. I still, I've, it's such a habit of going into Google with an error message or something. Maybe the world is going to change for that. Copilot, I find very handy though. Yeah. I mean, a, a friend of mine, I talked to him this weekend. He said he's, you know, 10 times faster with, with uh, ChatGPT, just doing the sort of boring typing stuff the stuff yeah. that's like boilerplate that you have to do for every i did use it for in my first couple of weeks at stack overflow realized that i'm so, trying to solve these programming problems and i've got stack overflow tabs open and then my local environment which was hard thing to switch between so i made i made a little user script that added a little colored dot depending on if you were on production or a local environment or anything like that and yeah i basically asked chat gpt how to do that how do how do i grab the fav icon add a little colored square to it and then print it back to the page but it gave me the wrong answer first 
They gave me an answer that had a then a, a cause issue. You can't you can't write back. You can't use an edited canvas and then put it back as the fave icon. I tried asking ChatGPT like, "This is the error I'm getting. Can you help with that?" And it gave me a very mm. confident answer that was totally wrong. I <laughs> ended up having to solve it in my own way. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's just like a lot of software engineers. <laughs> very, very true. Very true. And maybe my answer was wrong. But no, it, would, it told me to do one thing. It said that would avoid your error, and it didn't. I just got the exact same error back. Right. What about Stack Overflow for Teams? Have you used that for onboarding at all? Has it been useful? Uh, here, yes, definitely. I also uh, I proposed it at a previous job as well, but um, it, it didn't land, unfortunately. Tell us a little bit about how you would use it at a place like Stack Overflow for like setting up your developer environment or yeah, like how do you get up to speed using that? Oh, it's great. Um, we find you can't get those sort of answers on Google or ChatGPT or anything. So a lot of stuff, especially asynchronously with the time zones, like my US colleagues aren't awake when, when I start in the morning. So usually it's searched through um, SO internal that we've got and somebody's probably asked the question before or something similar, just as you would through the public Stack Overflow. It's the same thing, but you've got internal knowledge in there. So when we go back sort of to the beginning about the architecture, all the architecture diagrams, what interests you to talk about the software architecture side of things as opposed to the line level code? Uh, well, I think they're kind of one of the same. Like, And I think I... I, I try and get the same slide into any talk I do, which is software is about drawing boxes. And I think you, we've always gone from not putting everything in you know, program main or the, your main script file. We make functions. We try and draw little boxes around things. We say these variables belong internal to this little block. And then we put methods in classes and then we put classes in class libraries. And it's all just layers upon layers of the same sort of thing. It's just encapsulating things, making some things private and putting them their own little area and then moving into microservices architectures it was the same well it felt like the same sort of thing i know there's very different reasons to put um, a service boundary instead of a functional boundary and it's much harder to change but i've always felt it's the same sort of thing you're building out this this structure from from small to big this reminds me of, of seven, 7 Billion Humans that programming game which is literally just about moving boxes around excellent if you haven't tried it yet and that's your uh youtube name the drawing boxes right yeah i it's became a sort of internal joke like a bit of a meme just in my own head um but yeah it's, it's just all about drawing boxes yeah i guess i'd just be interested if we could kind of loop back to what we talked about about your conference speaking and like how that has progressed is that something that you've like repeated a bunch since then since you first did it or i mean what does that look like for you now and your you know your role here i hadn't it's only been a, a couple of years and i've not done too many i hadn't realized that lots of people just repeat the same sort of talks or, or modify them a little bit so you can take yeah you, you got one thing and you really prepare for like right i'm gonna do well at this this one hour is all i've got but i didn't realize that one hour wasn't all i had because i've now done that like four other times and it's the same sort of slide. You you add them, you correct your mistakes when people, you know, comment on YouTube and say that bit's wrong. And then you can slightly adapt them. Interesting. It's it's almost like um a stand-up comedian, right? Work this hour, they get that good, and some of them will will dine on that hour forever and others will just throw it out every year. 
you start ad-libbing the same material, you know, the jokes that landed in it, and then you're mixing it up. Stand up for software developers. I like that. <laughs> I worked briefly as a lecture agent representing people for giving professional talks like this and giving talks at sort of like arts and literary festivals. And yeah, some people had a sort of like tight 45 minutes with a 15-minute Q&A that never varied, and they just had it down pat. And then other folks would just kind of show up and chat. So yeah. different experience <laughs> depending on, on who you saw. It's important to heckle at least one person in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely a priority. <laughs> All right, everybody. It is that time of the show. Normally, what we do is we go on and we thank a Lifeboat badge member, somebody who's received a Lifeboat badge and you know spread a little knowledge around Stack Overflow. But today, I think we probably should thank Connell why does this select many perform several SQL queries instead of a single join asked and answered by yours truly? And you've helped over almost 300 people. So thanks so much for spreading your knowledge. Is that the one where the solution had a class called evil hacky context utilities? Oh yeah, <laughs> evil hacky queryable collection. It's got a bunch of evil hacks in here. All middleman <laughs> methods wrapping up in the base query. See, it's all about wrapping it up in a box. We used Evil Hacky professionally for, for several years. It was very evil and very evil hacky. Hack, that's my band name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. I am Ben Popper. I am the director of content here. Find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. Email us with some questions or suggestions for the show. Podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you like the show, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps. Or go answer a question on Stack Overflow. It really helps. I'm Ryan Donovan. I edit the blog here at Stack Overflow. You can find it at stackoverflow.blog. And you can find me on Twitter at Arthur Donovan. And my name is Ira, and I also work on the editorial team here at Stack Overflow. I write for the blog, and I occasionally am on Twitter at Ira Maybe. I'm Connell. Uh, my site is connell.dev, nice and easy. Uh, my handles are currently at Connell Sharp. I think that's it. I currently work at Stack Overflow. And you've got a YouTube about boxes. <laughs> ah, yeah. Watch my YouTube. Draw drawing, boxes. drawing boxes. I never know the link to them. Ah, we'll throw it in the show notes. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.